Welcome, everybody, to the Friar Talk podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Denelson Lamette, a potential six-man rotation, and then we're going to be going over who we think should be in the starting rotation. So let's start out with Denelson Lamette. He's scheduled to pitch on Wednesday, to start on Wednesday. And if you haven't really been keeping up to date with the Denelson Lamette news, he got injured right before the postseason last year. The team thought it was a bicep strain turned out to be a UCL strain, and he almost needed Tommy John surgery. So he hasn't pitched at all since it was a start against the Giants, and that was in September. So it's been quite some time since we've seen Denelson Lamette, and I'll let you start, Chase. What do you think about this injury? Do you think he's going to be ready for opening day? And if he's not ready for opening day, when do you think he's going to be ready? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be ready for opening day. This is his first start of the spring, and it's in what, in the last two weeks? I think we only have one more week of spring training. That's not enough time to lengthen him out to get him to like a fully starter's load. I think they should play it safe, let him recover a little bit longer. We have seen what happens with these injuries, and if they don't take care of it right, it could just end up with a longer injury. And elbows are the worst thing for a pitcher. So. I think they should just let him like continue to stretch out and then for a season when he does come, which I think will be maybe the third or fourth week of the season, they should put him on kind of what they did with Paddock, the pitching count and the inning count. He has only pitched over 150 innings in one year. So it's kind of scary to see that he's had these problems and hasn't really cracked that mark more than once. So I think a pitch count and an inning count would be perfect for him this season. Yeah, well, it is a possibility that uh, that he does make the opening day roster. I don't think it's very likely, and I also don't think that it should happen. With the depth that the Padres have, we don't really need him on the opening day roster. You know, we should be looking towards the latter half of the season where we're going where we're going to need him to potentially get us into that wild card spot, or maybe even win the division. That's when Lamette's importance is going to be. It's going to be necessary for us. We don't want another Clevenger situation like Chase said. You know, that really affected us in the playoffs. And Lamette's one of our strongest pitchers. You know, he's probably our number three behind Darvish or Snell. And you can even make a case for him as our number one. You know, he is barely making his first start this spring on Wednesday. We're just going to have to see how that goes. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes, too. Do you guys have any predictions for how many innings he's going to pitch? It's not going to be over three, right? Probably, yeah, I don't think so. I'd probably just give him two. I think two, two, but even then they might just do like a pinch count thing. Like, all right, you got 40, 45 pitches, go out as long as you can innings-wise, but after those 45 pitches, you're out. I think what sucks the most is that we play the Dodgers the most amount of times in April than any other month. We play them in two series, we play them seven times. But I feel like we have enough depth to be able to at least take one of those series without lament. So I think resting him, giving him three, four weeks in the season is going to be perfect for him. And the Lamette stuff is very concerning just because he's already had injuries in the past and he's already had Tommy John in the past, so you don't want to see him go through that a second time. Uh, And he's just a guy that hasn't really been able to pitch many innings overall in his career. He's he's not the workhorse starter. I think that's that's probably the biggest criticism for him just because he can't go out there and he's not a guy you want to ride eight or nine innings or, you know, seven to nine innings. Even a lot of times we see him go six innings and that's kind of his max, even in the the games where he takes a no hitter to the seventh. It's like, all right, he's slowing down. Like you could tell he's slowing down. 
and they just don't like to put him in there for long stretches of time. And I think that that's just how you have to approach the situation from now on. Uh, he still he still provides a ton of value to the Padres, even though he's not going to be a super late inning guy. And that's why they brought in a guy like Darvish. You know, that's why they want to have Paddock become that kind of guy. And we'll, we'll get into all the other guys on the in the Padres rotation. But Lamette is not ever going to be the guy that pitches 200 innings in a season. And I think that's what we've learned from this. I also think that he is going to be back this year and we're going to see him and he's going to be healthy just because the Padres organization was so cautious with it, which I think was the right approach. But with all that said, I think it's time to talk about this six man rotation. Now, this is a topic that a lot of people are pretty like iffy on a lot of people know you want your five, your five best, but this season's a little bit different. You have, what is it? 24 games in 25 days to start the year. I think they play 17 straight. So you're going to probably want a, a six-man rotation, especially with – we already talked about Paddock today, and if you're listening on YouTube, that was the segment yesterday. Talked about some of these guys. You have a Darvish who can go who can go and pitch a lot of innings in a season. Snell's not that guy. Musgrove's not that guy. Paddock, he might be that guy. We don't really know yet. Morahone, not that guy. Mackenzie Gore, I doubt that he's going to get a ton of innings. And same thing with Ryan Weathers. But the six-man rotation makes a lot of sense. So, Chase, go ahead, man. What do you think about a potential six-man rotation? I think it's the best call for the Padres. Like Matt was saying, we have Snell, which he's pitched above, I think, 150 innings once. Musgrove's pitched over 115 innings once. Paddock's pitched over 140 innings once. It's You have all these guys that... They've necessarily had injuries in the past that have prevented them from doing so. And the six-man rotation will stop them from doing that. And I don't think they should implement necessarily a pitch count because you can let your starters go a little bit deeper in the game because they're going to get those five, six days rest in between each start. It's going to let the younger guys go deeper into the season. It's going to let your older guys not slow down as playoffs approach because, you know, Arms get fatigued around August, September, even going into October. So it's going to keep all the arms fresh. It's going to get the young guys the innings that they need. It's going to give them a little extra rest so that we don't get those injuries like what happens with Lamette and Clevenger at the end of the season. And that was only 60 games. This is 162. It's a marathon, not a race. You got to let your guys stay healthy. Yeah, and I think to start out the season, maybe we won't see the six-man rotation. Maybe we'll see the five. But when Lamette gets back, I would assume that that they would at least try it. Because I also do remember hearing that uh, Lamette doesn't exactly do well with five days off. But at the same time, it's not about how well he does in the regular season. We want to be able to preserve him for the postseason, assuming we're going to make it because we do have that good of a team. But we have so much depth that um, – we can do a six-man rotation easily, and we can feel confident from one through six. Um, I guess the only iffy, iffy uh, starting pitcher would be Chris Paddock, only because he could go seven innings or he could go two. You don't know, right? Because he could have a really good game, or he could allow six runs in the first two innings. Other than that, the only question marks would be the young guys, you know, like Ryan Weathers, Mackenzie Gore, uh, Adrian Morahone, you know, whoever's in those positions. But that's only because... They don't have much experience, but we have such a deep bullpen. They can only go four innings, and the bullpen can go the rest. So I think a six-man rotation is great, for, especially for the latter half of the season. I feel like we will see a five at first, 
hopefully when the Met comes back, they implement that six-man rotation. It does seem like the team's probably going to approach it like this just because of the the Nelson Lamette stuff. And then you look at some guys like Blake Snell and and Joe Musgrove, and it's like, okay, these guys haven't really been able to pitch a ton of innings. And they have a surplus of arms. They have, I I think a whole other element to this is they have Adrian Morahone, Ryan Weathers, and McKenzie Gore that could all potentially pitch this year and Chris Paddock. And any of those four guys could be traded because they literally won't be in the top five. That's why I think this is a really good idea. And, and not to say that the stuff about the health that shouldn't be brought up. I think that's a, a really good job for bringing that part up too, but why would you not let these guys pitch and hopefully flourish and then move them? You could trade Chris Paddock in a package deal for a superstar player later. If, if he pants out, you know, if he's a guy that's a, a solid pitcher, but it's just like, Hey, we don't have enough space for him, but we're going to trade and we're going to upgrade this guy. Or we're going to trade two of these guys and trade it to a team that's not ready to contend that has a frontline starter. And we're going to have, you know, six frontline starters. I don't know what they want to do, but there's a lot of moves that could be made if these guys' value can get a lot higher. Mackenzie Gore, I don't think we expect him to ever be traded. He just seems like a guy, okay, this is a very elite prospect. He's going to be our ace of the future. I think that we've kind of talked about that on this pod quite a good amount of times. But Guys like Ryan Weathers, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Weathers. Same with Adrian Morahone. Uh, same with Chris Paddock, except I have got frustrated with him in the past. But those guys, like, they could all potentially get moved. So letting them start, letting them have a chance to flourish in in, in Major League Baseball, that's that's what you got to do, I think. So I'm I'm in on the, on the six-man rotation. I think well, – what, what would you guys think are the cons? I can let you char- start, Chase. Uh, the only cons that there would be is that you're not going to get your front of the line starters every five games. You know, if you your latter half of the rotation, you know, starts to struggle a little bit, you know, normally you go, okay, four or five, you know, if they struggle, well, we're going to win at least two tomorrow for, for the next two days because we got our one or two guys, you know, they're almost for sure wins. But now you're going to have to go an extra guy and you're like, this could swing either we continue this losing streak or you know what, we start a new one. And that's the only really con I see. I, I just think that the six-man rotation is perfect. You've seen the Mets ride it out to the World Series, man, with how they did it. I don't know why more teams don't, especially with all the injuries, all the Tommy Johns that have been increasing in baseball. It just makes more sense to develop those younger guys that are ready that may be on the cusp of being their triple-A, double-A, or the majors. They get those innings that they need. They get that experience on what they need to improve. It's just perfect, in my opinion. I know there's some cons to it, like you're not going to get your ace every five games, but hey, that's just one thing. And Chase brings up that you're not going to get your ace every five games. I think what the Padres, how they look right now is we have a couple aces. You know, Blake Snell is an ace. You Darvish is an ace. I mean, I kind of want to say Joe Musgrove was the ace of the Pirates. I don't really know. I don't really know so much about the Pirates. But Chris Paddock was our ace at once. Lamette is an ace. And there's just so much talent on the roster that we're going to have so much pitching depth. And and I guess the only con I could think of of the six-man rotation is that we don't really know the trends of these guys. Like Trevor Bauer brought up that he would want to pitch every fourth day because he pitches his best every fourth day, whereas Lamette pitches his best when he's only on four days rest, not five days rest. And it, it kind of sounds weird to say this, but 
it's a thing to think about. So maybe an alternative thing that you could do is almost have just like a fluctuating starting rotation where it's not. So say Lamette, you know, you shut him down for a month or two months of the year, but when he's pitching, he goes with only four days rest. That, that's what you said, right? That's what he prefers. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you just go through it and, and do what these guys prefer? You know, you said that Bauer likes to do that too. Well, then let Lamette go out there and do that, but then just shut him down for a little bit of period of time. I, and I don't know if that's something where it's going to make him come struggle when he comes back. I guess that would be a, a kind of a questionable thing to do in that case. But looking at him for this year especially, just don't pitch him early. If you don't pitch him early on in the year, you're going to have him later on, and you can pitch him more often. You can take the six-man rotation and adjust it to a five-man rotation if that's what's best to do to win. Like if they're looking and they're going, okay, so you know we have these two guys – in the bottom of a rotation, a Weathers, Gore, Morahone, Paddock, whoever's down there, and they're just not holding their own. They're struggling. Well, then have one of those guys like kind of fall out of the rotation. And I think that makes sense if you have to do it like that. Um, you could also swap one of these guys out. That's the beauty of having all this this depth in your farm system. But I don't know. I like it. I do think it's a good thing overall. But should we? Are you guys ready to get into the starting rotation? Uh, yeah. All right, so we're going to be going over the starting rotation right here, and I'm just going to label you guys my top six, um, and we're going to talk about seven guys overall and maybe bring up a couple others if if you guys have any other guys you want to bring up. But I'll go through mine, one through six. Blake Snell, Yu Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Chris Paddock, Adrian Morahone, and Mackenzie Gore. Chase, what are yours? I have Darvish ahead of Snell. And then I have Mordehone in front of. Did you say Mordehone then Gore or Gore then Mordehone? I had Mordehone before Gore. I had Gore at six. I want to put Gore at six, but we'll see. It's going to come out clearer more tomorrow. Uh, Gore is, I think, starting his last spring training game tomorrow. And I think this is his make or break. If he struggles, I think he gets the sixth spot. But if he doesn't and he shows that he's lights out, I think he went to six spot over Mordehone. Okay, that that makes sense. Isaac, do you think that Blake Snell is the the number one for the Padres, or you Darvish, or hey, maybe you have Joe Musgrove in there. I don't know. <laughs> right, I I actually mine's pretty similar to yours, man. I got Blake Snell as our number one, then I got Darvish, and then I kind of try to think from the Padres perspective here. I got Chris Paddock at three because it, I don't know why. It just seems like the Padres love him. If we were to do a poll in the comments, how many of you thought Chris Paddock was going to be our game one wildcard starter? I want to say maybe 5% would say I did, right? So none of us thought he would be the starter, but Jace Tingler let him start. We saw he got rocked. So it seems like they like him a lot. So I put him at three. I would put him at four if I was Tingler, but I put him at three, thinking from Tingler's perspective. So then I got Joe Musgrove at the four, and then I got, I think I put Morahone at five because he seems the most pro-ready. He does have the most experience in the pros. And then I also have Mackenzie Gore at six. I like it. So it's pretty close to me. And yeah. we all have Weathers out of the top six. But let's, okay, let's start off with, with Blake Snell and you, Darvish. I think they can both be talked about side by side just because I, th I think we would all agree those are the clear cut one and two guys 
Yeah. Either way you put them, they're the top guys. So this spring, they both have zero ERAs. Now Snell has only pitched nine innings and Darvish has only pitched five innings. So they haven't got to see a lot of time, but they flourished. They've just shown, hey, we traded for these guys. These are one and two this next year. I, I think that's about where I'm on them. But Chase, anything else you want to talk about them? Uh, the only thing I would consider is, you know, it may take a little while for this pitching rotation to settle down with the new catchers. They've really only pitched with some of these guys throughout spring training. So if we see them struggle a little bit in the season, it just could be rust and or them getting more comfortable with who is ever catching at the time because we sh- are still not for sure who's going to be the starting catcher between Caratini and Capuzano. I think uh, one thing I wanted to add was that no matter if it's Chase's way with the one or two or mine and Matt's way, there is really no no right or wrong. They're both mm-hmm. ace, they're both ace type pitchers. They're both going to be great opening day starters. They're both going to be really great for our organization. I mean, we saw Darvish has like eleven pitches. <laughs> pretty gnarly i mean i've never heard of that and then blake snell's just we saw what he did in the world series he's just a dominant pitcher 2018 Cy young winner so no matter who's starting on the book opening day i'm gonna feel very confident all right so let's get into joe musgrove then chase i'll let you start i'll get into how he's pitched this spring but do you want to talk about how he's kind of adjusted uh yeah so he's starting not to rely on like a couple pitchers or pitches that he was kind of forced to throw in Pittsburgh. So he's sort of coming into his own. He's starting to use his off speed more like Lamette, where he's going to use it a little bit more to get those strikes. So uh, get ahead of batters and strike them out because whenever he uses his fastball a little too much, hitters will just sit on it and knock it out. You know, he doesn't have the most movement. It kind of drops a little bit more than other pitchers. So they'll normally go hunting for that compared to the off speed. So he's starting to pitch backwards which is an amazing adjustment and which is why he was, he had an amazing K through nine last year. So if he keeps those same adjustments and starts getting a little bit more improvement on his fastball, we could see a real breakout potential and probably front of line starter pitcher out of Musgrove this year. A lot of reports that I saw when we got him was just talking about how underrated he was because I mean, he played for the pirates. Nobody talks about the Pirates, right? I mean, so so coming to us, you know, as an underrated pitcher, he came home. You know, San Diego County is his home, so he's pitching for his hometown. And I forgot who I was talking about this with. Somebody asked me, who do you think would be the wild card pitcher? And some scenario went in my head where I was like, dude, what if Joe Musgrove, like, goes crazy this year and then suddenly we see him picking the wild card game? Like, wouldn't that be amazing? But that's the kind of underrated potential that Joe Musgrove has, that we could see a real breakout year from him. Uh, I think he's going to be a great number three or number four, whatever he is. And I'm really excited to see what potential and what uh, value he brings to our team. We brought up how just how Joe Musgrove is making some of these adjustments and whatnot. Also, Isaac, I like that you bring up that he could be the wild card guy because, I mean, we've seen these guys that come from the Pirates and it's like, oh, yeah, they just, you know, they did this, they did these adjustments. And then, oh, boom, he became Garrett Cole, like the Garrett Cole that we all know. And so maybe maybe Joe Musgrove doesn't become Garrett Cole. That's all right. But he, we might see him improve a lot. However, this spring training, he pitched 13 innings, which is, I think, the highest of any of these guys that we brought up here. And he had a 4.85 ERA, and people hit 2.83 off of him. So he struggled a little bit. I think I think it's worth mentioning 
don't think it's going to lead into the regular season or be an issue. You know, maybe early on he's not super dominant, but he just continues to get better as the season goes on. That's fine. But I just figure we should mention that, hey, he hasn't really been like dominant this spring, but there's a reason for that. And that's how I feel with him. But the next guy that I think two of us had him at four, Isaac, you you wanted to have him at four, but you think that he's going to be three. That's Chris Paddock. Chris Paddock has also struggled. Now, mostly he struggled in his last outing where he just got destroyed. Uh, but overall in spring, he has a 5.19 ERA, a 1.5 whip, which is not good. And he's pitched 8.2 innings. So he hasn't pitched a lot. But Chase, why has Chris Paddock struggled so far? So we kind of saw it last season and maybe the end of his rookie year. He only really throws two pitches. And if they see the fastball and it's straight, and they're like, okay, I know the timing of this. I can just sit and adjust to the changeup when he throws it and hunt that instead. If that fastball's on a location where I want, I can either sit and wait for the changeup to be a mistake, let it go for a ball, or go hunt a fastball. Because realistically, I was watching that last outing. I think he made, threw maybe two or three curveballs. They looked a lot better than they did last year, but it still shows that he's not completely comfortable with it. But these are the games where he should be trying to bump out those curveballs to get it ready for the regular season. And we just haven't seen that. So he's going to struggle unless he really develops that third pitch. If not, he might just end up being a bullpen arm. I hate to say it, but two pitch pitchers that are starters do not last. Yeah. And and I think Shay's nailed it pretty much. You know, when you only throw two pitches, I mean, you normally you're able to throw two pitches when you're like, 10 or 12 years old, maybe not as good as Paddock, but normally that's when you're able to throw two pitches. By now, he should have developed another pitch that's at least decent. We saw he tried to develop another pitch last year, and I remember one at bat. I forgot who it was. They, they took it like 600 feet. That curveball, <laughs> that, oh, my God, it was, it was devastating. I think another problem is that, not to, not to be mean, but he's going to Craig Stammen to learn deception, something like that. So, but dude, I I totally forgot about that. You mentioned that to me before. I totally forgot. He asked him, right? He asked him for advice. Yeah, he's asking Craig Stammen for advice. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I know. I Did you guys end up reading that article? Uh, a little bit. All I had to know was that he went to Craig Stammen. So <laughs> the whole the whole main concept behind why he went for Craig Stammen's advice is then Craig Stammen practically told him, you have to throw every pitch with conviction. That that was practically it. I'm convinced Craig Stammen goes up there to get rocked. <laughs> but like I was saying, I'm a, guys, I'm a huge Chris Paddock fan. I love Chris Paddock. I've loved Chris Paddock ever since he made his first start. So I don't want him to fail. But when you see that you only have two pitches and only one of them is really filthy, the changeup, I mean, you're, you're asking to fail, you know, especially when your fastball is so on and off. You know, one day you're throwing in 98, another day you're throwing in 92. I remember he was throwing in 92 against the Dodgers. Oh, I was, I don't think I remember a time where I was more mad at him because how he was throwing 92 mile an hour fastball against the Dodgers. I remember Mookie hit like two or three bombs off him. That was the game where he got lit up, like really, really bad. Bad. So, you know, I think finding some consistency in his pitches is going to be important as well. I agree with you guys. I think... He, he really needs to develop that third pitch because it seems like w- because he doesn't have that third pitch, he doesn't have that third speed, 
and it's almost exclusively fastball changeup, it seems like it's taking away the dominance of his changeup because people are ready for it. They're like, all right, you're either going to throw me a fastball. Your fastball is not super great. So I can live off that if you're just throwing fastballs and I can kind of wait for the changeup. That's how it seems people are approaching him. And he hasn't been able, and it's not to say that he won't, but he hasn't been able to make those adjustments yet. And we could definitely see that coming, coming, you know, in the next couple of weeks even, but he's got to figure that out. And that's, what's going to, I think, make or break Chris Paddock. And if, and if he's able to do that, even if he's able to improve his fastball where it's a consistent, you know, 95 to 98, not 92, and there's movement and it's, it's not, it's the true four seam, not the half four seam, two seam that he was talking about earlier this, this off season. That's where we can see him become a true ace. Uh, like, like he, everyone thought he would be. I mean, he's a former top 10 prospect in the league. So I think that he's a very talented player. I mean, we, we all think that, but he's got to figure that out. So next is Adrian Morahone. This spring training, Morahone's looked really good, I think. He only is allowed a 3-3-8 ERA, 10 innings pitched, 11 Ks. And I think overall, he's just looked like a really solid player. Kind of just how he's looked in the in the pros as well. I mean, he's just been really solid overall. I think that the big concerns with him is how how much can he pitch in a game? Can he go out there and throw seven innings like ever? Because I don't I don't know if he can. Um, but Chase, do, is is that like your concern with him as well? And do you think he's the fifth starter? I have two concerns with Mordejon. Uh He was doing good last year, but the games he started to struggle in is the games where he couldn't really throw his off speed for strikes which we've seen this spring training that he has, and it's been a big improvement and the reason why his strikeout numbers have gone up and, you know, his home runs that he's allowed has kind of gone down. It's a really small sample size, but it's still important to notice. And the fact that we never really seen him go more than I think four innings, they always pull him after three. And the reason I was telling you guys this, I think earlier this month or before is when he was in the minor leagues and when he was a starter, he never really got over 90 innings to 100 innings. He could make those, you know, six, seven innings, but he always had shoulder problems. And we saw that last year. He had that little shoulder injury that sidelined him for what, like a couple weeks, three weeks. He always gets those random injuries. So there's always that concern that if you let him go for such a long time, that it might happen again, which is why I keep advocating for the six man rotation because we have a lot of these pitchers that man, they're on the cusp of greatness, but we don't know necessarily if they can handle the full starters load of 162 games. Those concerns are absolutely warranted. Uh, you know, like Matt brought up, I definitely don't think he's a guy that can go seven or eight innings a game or even occasionally. I definitely don't think he is that guy. I'm not saying he can be that guy, but it doesn't really seem like he is that guy. I think four or five innings for him tops. But in, in most of his outings last year, he looked really dominant in spring training. He's looked dominant. But I think he's basically, to me, going to be an amazing bullpen arm. You know, we talked about who can be our own version of Josh Hader when we bring up those Hader trades. I think it's more at home. Well, either definitely more at home or Weathers, but preferably I prefer more at home. He's played a lot of pro ball already. He's shown success in pro ball. Uh, he has good stuff. He throws a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. So he's got good stuff, and, you know, those injury concerns are definitely warranted. And Chase's concerns about uh, – what was it, Chase? Like something about his – oh, his off-speeds, how they weren't very consistent, right? 
Yeah, a, he he can throw them really well. It's just they never really landed near the strike zone in right. some outings. It's just it's very off and on. Right. So those those concerns are warranted this year. I think as as time goes in the future, as he matures and grows older and is able to to get more uh, education with his pitches, I think it'll be a lot better for him. And I, I absolutely think Morahone's going to be an amazing arm for us to have for now and the future. He's definitely looked really good when he's played in the MLB. And last year, late late season and playoff time, he was he was a very good guy. You were, he was one of the guys I was most confident when he was on the mound. And it was only for usually two innings at a time. But still, you come out there and you're like, that. Yep, he's a very good pitcher. His stuff is nasty. And when he's on, it doesn't look like he's hittable. And so that's why I think – I was thinking about this for him – is he a guy where maybe they start with a six-man rotation and he's the guy that they take out? Because I think that could happen. Why why not have like say that they have McKenzie Gore and that is my that is the sixth guy. So we'll talk about him in a minute here. But say that McKenzie Gore is the sixth guy and he balls out and he looks really good and Mora Home does as well. But McKenzie Gore is able to go six, seven innings pretty consistently. And with Mora Home they're pretty much taking him out after five innings every time. And they're realizing, hey, he looks a lot better in the first, second, and third than he does the fourth and the fifth. They could convert him to a, a long-inning bullpen guy. And that doesn't mean like he's going to be pitching in meaningless games. He could come in 7-8 in some pivotal moments, I think. I think that that's how they could use him. And we talked about that with Josh Hader, how maybe he could kind of turn into that role for the Padres. I'm a big fan of that. and I th- But I do think that starting him in a six-man rotation to begin the year is a good way. I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a kind of a tough way to transition him into the bullpen by not putting him in the bullpen from the start. But I do think it might help him just become a better player overall and just give him more experience. So that's why I like it. But there there is also a side to me where I don't know if they should – just what they should do. Maybe just find a role for him and stick to it. But I think that's just up in the air right now. I don't know. Do you guys think there's a point to like what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I, an idea just popped into my head. I think I brought this up last year when they were trying to do it with with Patino and White at home, when they just kept, you know, bumping them back and forth. If they decide to do a five man rotation and they see that only White at home maybe can go five innings at max, why not use him as an opener for those three innings? and then let Gore go the rest of the game. So both of them still make the roster, both of them get MLB experience, and then you can be a little bit more flexible with Mordejon. You can either let him start as an opener for those three innings and then let Gore go, or you can start, let Gore go, let him go as long as he can, and then throw Mordejon in at the end of the game. So he gets stretched out. If he's good enough to be that starter, they can move him and move Gore back down. If he's not doing that well, he can be that starter. Or Gore can be that starter, and he can turn into that multiple-inning late guy that Hater is now. I completely agree, Chase. That'd be pretty sick. I don't feel like I've seen that that often, but that'd be amazing, you know? Having more at home go three or four innings, then Gore go the rest of the game. Not only that, but they're both able to get their innings in. They're both able to get MLB experience, and, you know, for the long run, that's going to be helpful. I absolutely think Gore's going to end up better than more at home. That's just, I mean, I love Mackenzie Gore, guys. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think right now, more home is more beneficial and more, uh, he, put, he has more value to this team because of his experience in the base. I think that idea is probably most beneficial for the bullpen because 
just imagine if every sixth day it's like, oh, the bullpen, you know, if our two guys look good today, like the bullpen won't won't come out. Yeah. <laughs> that's like kind of that's kind of OP right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like that a lot. I think that's a really good idea. Uh so for Mackenzie Gore, we haven't really talked about him that much. Obviously, top five prospect in the league, ton of hype around him. He's looked good this spring. Six innings pitched so far. We're recording this on Monday night, by the way. He's pitching Tuesday, right? Yeah, he's pitching okay, tomorrow. So I think this, again. this, yeah. yeah, this episode will be out on Wednesday, so we won't have seen his start Tuesday. Let's assume he has a good start. So hopefully, I don't jinx that. But he has a three ERA, pitched six innings this spring, eight strikeouts. He's looked pretty good. I think he's earned that sixth spot over Ryan Weathers. And I'll go over Weather stats here because we can kind of discuss the two because I think. These are the two guys that are fighting for that sixth spot. And also, I don't know if I've mentioned this in the segment. We're not talking about Denelson Lamette in here because we're assuming that he's not going to be on the, or he's going to be on the injured list to start the season. So that's why he's not on here. Obviously, he's a top three, four guy, I think pretty consistently for, for every Padres fan. It should be. But Ryan Weathers this spring, he's allowed a 316 average, 6.3 ERA in 10 innings pitch. So he's had more time out there. And he just hasn't looked as good. He struggled a little bit more. So I think Gore, I think Gore's won that spot because Mackenzie Gore, he has a lot. I mean, he has a lot more hype for him. I do like Ryan Weathers a lot. Mackenzie Gore has better stuff. He has a lot more potential and he is pitching better right now. It's time for him to come up. It's time for the Potters to go, hey, we don't have Denelson Lamette to start the year, but you know who we're going to put in? We're going to put in Mackenzie Gore, who's, who's better than Denelson Lamette. I think that's the bold move. We saw them do that with Tatis. They got to do it with McKenzie Gore. So I'm all for it. Put him in. Let him start that sixth day. Maybe don't even have him on the roster and then do like the surprise. Like, oh, hey, we're doing a six-man rotation. That's what I want to see. Absolutely. Uh, the only thing is I think both Weathers and Gore have just really struggled with location of their fastball. Early on in spring training, I think Gore's first couple of games – uh, I think his first game, you know, we saw him. He kind of walked a few people to start off the game, and then he struck everybody out. Or he struck out everybody in the first inning and then kind of walked or kind of just let people hit his fastball because he wasn't locating right away. You know, it's just that little inconsistency. If he can get his fastball wherever he wants or just not walk anybody, he's going to be really lethal. And this start tomorrow, I think, is the make or break point for Gore. If he does really well tomorrow, I think he's on the team. He does okay. Maybe he lets up like a run or two. I'd say two runs. I still think he makes it, but he might get put into that like six man role where, you know, he might just get dropped to the minor leagues when Lamette comes back. And if he does bad, I I don't think he makes the roster at all. That's my bold prediction. Against the White Sox, I watched Mackenzie Gore pitch. I, I want to say it was against the White Sox, and my dad saw him in his first start in the in spring training and one thing that we both really notice is that like chase said he has had a lot of difficulties with controlling his pitches with pitch location there'd be like fastballs that he would spike in the dirt there was a fastball that almost flew over Campusano's head the you know curveballs in the dirt but when he was hitting his spots when he was around the zone it was dominant like all of his stuff his curveball his fastball everything was so dominant he he just if he gets his location down, whether it's mid-season, beginning of the season, end of season, we're going to see what 
we've been waiting for. You know, we're going to see what the hype was about because he can be that kind of pitcher that we're thinking. Even through all the acquisitions we made, I still think he's going to be our ace. And he does have the stuff. You know, he has very dominant stuff. And like Chase said, with both Weathers and Gore, I think Weathers has probably had a little bit better pitch location. I saw him against the Dodgers. He had like around five or six strikeouts, but in the third inning, they lit him up pretty bad. And, um, but that's okay. You know, he's a young arm. He just, that's the best team in baseball. They had almost all their starters in, but I do have a lot more confidence in Gore as our sixth man rather than Ryan Weathers, who I think would be a great bullpen arm. Yeah, well, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for this episode. So those are our six guys, Blake Snell, Yu Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Chris Paddock, Adrian Morahone, and Mackenzie Gore. And this is because there is no Denelson Lamette and there is no Mike Clevenger right now for the San Diego Padres. Also, I think we all pretty much agree that Ryan Weathers is probably on the outside looking in unless Mackenzie Gore struggles tomorrow. So we'll see how he plays. Hopefully he goes out there and he's just lights out. Uh, but one more thing before we take off, I wanted to just float this idea. I saw some people advocating that, hey, one of the reasons Mackenzie Gore, like he might need some help early on in his career, it's going to hurt a lot that Austin Nola is gone. Do you think if he's the sixth guy, may, like you, you make sure that Caratini catches for him every time he's out there? Because I think that's something that is just, it's just smart in my opinion. You'd rather have him have that veteran catcher, one that's, been known to be a fantastic defensive catcher and a really good game caller. I think that you should have Caratini behind the plate. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not a knock on Campusano. Campusano is just a little bit younger. He doesn't have any major league experience or he's caught a game. I wouldn't really call that a lot of experience calling in the MLB. Caratini would be the perfect guy. He kind of helped you Darvish turn around his career. So why not let him deal with the young arms? I completely agree with you guys. You know, Caratini is an amazing defensive catcher. He's Hugh Darvish's personal catcher. But I think something bold that I would propose is maybe not to start, but soon enough you have Campusano catch all his games because it seems like Mackenzie Gore is our pitcher of the future while Campusano's our catcher of the future. So we're going to be looking at him for hopefully years and years and years and years and years. And I think, you know, getting them, getting their chemistry, and I'm sure they've gotten chemistry, chemistry through uh, the minor leagues. And, uh, but I think getting them chemistry in the big league, getting them both adapted at the same time with each other is going to be, I think that'd be a pretty cool thing. I think that'd be an interesting thing to see. Have their paths crossed? Was it in double A that they played together? Uh, either single A or double A. I don't know if Compi caught Gore in double A. But either way, I do think that's a good point. I do think that you have to see him. I mean, you you want to see that combo because you expect that to be your starting catcher and hopefully your one your either and hopefully your number one or two pitcher. So I do think that's important. I also wonder how long until that's hey, we're transitioning where Compo's catching McKenzie Gore every single night. So that's kind of I wonder how long that takes. But that's gonna do it for today. If you like this video, uh like subscribe, do all that stuff. Um, turn on notifications. We post about three to four times a week. And during the regular season, we're going to be posting a recap, a preview, and then probably like one to two additional segments throughout the week. I don't really know how we'll do it just because it'll kind of just depend on the Padres news. You know, oh, hey, look, this guy's super hot. Oh, this guy's slumping. You know, we'll talk about stuff like that. Talk about injuries, possible trades, 
hopefully trades that happen that put the Padres in a better chance to win the World Series. But that's going to do it for today. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will be back with you guys soon.